0: Good morning, Randy Lanthrop, I'm the senior pastor here, and I signed on for another year. <laughs> it was team up this morning, and uh, I just want to let you know that happened in case you were wondering. I'm going to do it another year. Uh, all joking aside, I would like to say thank you to all the volunteers who make this possible. There was a day when I was involved in setup, teardown, tear down, and everything that went on. And uh, you, you allow me to focus on the things that uh, I'm able to, f- to focus on to get ready and to do other things to, to lead. And I really appreciate uh, all the ways that everyone serves to, to make it possible what we do. We're looking at, in, into uh, Ephesians in this series and pulling out some big principles for living together and working together and relating together. And we're particularly looking at who God is going to lead us to become um, in character primarily, the essential character qualities that he's going to develop in us that really help us as we uh, relate together here in church life and family life, uh, at work, if, if we'll live these things out, if we'll let God grow us and change us and begin to live these things out boy, they're they're a real blessing across the board. And when you decide to follow Christ, you become His child, and He wants His kids to grow to be more and more like Him. And the fact is, it takes more than me to grow in my character. One of the things that happens as we team up and as we work together as a church, and as we relate in groups and things, that God uses those relationships uh, themselves to grow us. And what you find is, Self-help just isn't enough. I, I tried that route, you know, a few times and just kind of add on to I was walking with God already, tried to think positively. I'm kind of a downer by nature. And you know, I've tried to think certain ways about things to sort of wrestle them. I've read books that help you think more positively, and I've I've done I've done some self-help stuff, and and what I found is I really need more than just what I got, the power I have inside. And on your own, what happens is you tend to hit a, a ceiling, and it's lower than, than you need to. We, we, need, we need help. We need other people. We need God. We need His help. And then the people that He wants us to walk with through life, that really begins to grow these qualities in us. And we're looking at two this morning particularly there are two standout character qualities of god that you see all the way from the front of the bible to the back of the bible two standout character qualities of god love and integrity or the words used uh it's translated faithfulness in the bible a lot in english Um, faithfulness love and faithfulness love and integrity god works to grow these in us because first of all they're like him who he is this flows out of who he is and he wants us to get the most out of life so these are the very things that help us thrive in our relationships in life now here are the lyrics to a song it's a throwback for me but it's been redone so when i first heard it it was kind of pop uh, by lionel richie called my love and uh, he redid it in a country deal because he 's from Mississippi, so he he redid and it 's pretty cool. I, I became country. I apologize i 'm into country now I'm, i 'm sort of eclectic, but I like country as well. Uh, but here 's the lyrics, and in these lyrics, we can uncover something that we know about relationships we 'll we'll dig in and we 'll see something that 's really true and that we all know. It says, "Life with me, I know for sure it ain 't been easy." i apologize i'll quit but you stayed with me anyway life with me it ain't been easy but you stayed with me anyway and even though you ain't gonna lose too much by leaving i'm so glad you stayed the truth there that we all know about relationships the way they work is they should be mutually beneficial i should help you you should help me there's a rightness To having a relationship with someone where you're blessed by me and I'm blessed by you and we can really enjoy the way things flow from that relationship. And the two factors that we're looking at today are crucial to developing mutually beneficial relationships that really bless both people in it. They're two trust factors. And They grow out of the nature of God, the very character of God, who He is. And He's consistent in these things. And He shows us how to have good relationships. In the way He approaches us, in the way that He relates to us, He shows us how to do this. If you and I are going to have relationships that last, then they're going to grow stronger and and more beneficial to both parties involved in proportion to the reservoir of trust that exists you know we make deposits or we drain it as we relate to one another as we go through life there's this reservoir and it's a trust res- reservoir that builds up especially if you relate to people ongoing and uh you're, you're in a family, you're at work situation, here in church life, you relate in an ongoing way with someone, there's this reservoir that's either being built or depleted as we relate to one another. Love and integrity are two character qualities in a person that keep filling the reservoir. They keep building the trust. And it's unloving, unfaithful words and deeds that reduce the level of trust in the reservoir. And the guy in the song... That's what he... he, He's been draining the reservoir. I bet he's been unloving and unfaithful in some ways, and he's been draining that reservoir. And he's actually appreciative that she's hung in there with him. Um, God models how how to live in relationship with other people uh, in, in a way that grows this trust. He models it with us. He, he is the model of total integrity. Integrity means to be integrated and reliable. That's, that's the sense uh, of integrity. To be integrated. What, what you are on the inside is what you are on the outside. It, it all matches up. And what God says, He always does. And what He says and does always matches up with his character with who he really is a person of integrity is the same and this is how God is he always keeps his word you you discover the integrity of God now you may if you're on your way to trying to figure out what it means to follow Christ this is the way you discover the integrity of God you look into scripture you find out how he says life works you look at his commands you follow the commands And then you find out that he comes through every time, every single time he comes through with what he's promised. That's how you discover God's integrity. I have a friend who's a pastor in Huntington Beach, Seabreeze Church. They're a sister church in our network of churches. And um, he he told me a story one time about a guy who was trying to figure out what it meant to follow Christ, and he was... Came up to him after a message and he said, Um, hey Bevan, is there any way I can test to see if God is real or not? And so the first thing that came to mind is there's only one verse in Bible in the Bible where God says, Test me in this. And he said, Okay, you know, it is my thing, I'll just go ahead and I'll just go ahead and say it, and we'll see, you know, see what he thinks. But in Malachi 3, it says, uh, God says, bring the whole tithe into the storehouse. You can test me in this and see if, if you tithe, which means to give 10% of your income to him. You give 10% of your income to, the, then it was the temple, now the church. What's going on? He says, test me in this and see if I don't open the floodgates of blessing to you as you do this. So he said, that's, that's the only place in the Bible that says you can test God. So he laid it out there for him. And a few months went by, and you know, Bevan hadn't given any more thought to that conversation. And, and the guy came up, he said, hey, Bevan, it's true. Yeah, you know, he's saying, what's true? You know, <laughs> I say a lot of stuff. He said, it's true. He said, I started giving. I started tithing after we talked that day and over the last 3 or 4 months this is what god's done he's really he's matched up and blessed me beyond what i've given and this is how and sometimes that's financial blessing and sometimes it's other kind of blessings but god opens the floodgates he here's my point today he is true to his word complete integrity when you do what he says It works out for your good. It's usually counterintuitive. It's completely backward from what we would normally do. But when we do it in faith, when we do what he says in faith, he comes through to blessing. Integrity is essential, and God is the model for us of integrity. Now, love is the other key factor in trust. Love keeps looking out for the best interests of the other person, And takes action to serve those interests. To to really love others means that you sacrifice something of yourself to serve the best interests of other people. This is what Jesus did on the cross. He, He, really, his whole life was a sacrifice. He stepped out of heaven into earth, onto earth, and he lived a sacrifice. God loves us this way. As you experience his love in Christ, you, you get in touch with his love. And as we turn to God for the first time, you find out he's not, he's not there to beat you, but he's there to take the beating for you. And that just is an expression of love that, that helps us understand what it's all about. So we turn to God and we may expect a scolding, a beating... He opens His arms and accepts us. When we turn from going our own way to go God's way, He pours His grace out on us and loves us. And then He meets our need and keeps meeting our needs. And all of this fills up that reservoir. And you grow to trust God and to obey Him more. He won't fill our wants, but He does fill our needs completely. And as He does, we learn to trust Him more. What happens when we decide to follow Christ is he changes everything. Everything changes. 2 Corinthians 5.17 Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old is passed away. Behold, the new has come. Now, Paul wrote this, uh, who was a first century per- church planner. He's the same guy that wrote the book of Ephesians that we're looking at in a few moments. And he wrote it in Greek, and the passage reads in Greek this way, which is way more accurate for my, to my experience. The old is passing away and the new is coming. And, and that's the way it works. When you decide to follow Christ, he, he lives in you and you begin to change. And as you cooperate with Him, as you listen to His Word and do what He says and respond to His love, He keeps changing you more and more. And for the old to keep passing away and the new to keep coming. We need inner strength and outer support. And so what God does is he gives his spirit and he puts us in his family to help us become more like himself. Particularly in integrity, love, humility, and forgiveness that were these are the four essential qualities that we're looking at. But this is what he does to help us grow. You know, babies grow and change rapidly. We, we went away one time or, uh, Actually, when Thad was seven, this—he's here and he's on staff now. This seems odd, so I—I I apologize. First story about Thad. But when he was seven months, um, he and my wife Cindy went away for a week, and I could not believe it. it. Looked like he'd grown immensely in a week's time. Babies change and grow rapidly. To grow, they need. The right things on the inside, healthy heart and lungs, they need the right environment on the outside, people supporting and helping them get what they need to grow. We're the same spiritually. It's exactly the same. I need help to grow like God in character from the inside. God provides it in His Spirit. And then from the outside, He puts me in His family who, uh, they help me, encourage me. They give perspective, feedback. They, they help me along the way. God provides what we need to grow in the essential characteristics, love, and integrity. Now listen to the description of this process in Ephesians 4, 20 through 24. But that is not the way you learn Christ. Now this is a reference to the paragraph before, and what he's been talking about in the paragraph, I don't, I don't want to read it, but what he's been talking about in that paragraph is a lifestyle that flows... Uh, out of being alienated from God. And the key characteristic of a lifestyle that results uh, from being alienated from God is a hard-heartedness in in the person. Being callous and hard-hearted is a symptom of being cut off from a life with God. Now this means that Uh, We tend to live selfish and impure or muddy ways. Muddy ways, it's not clear. We're not straightforward as much. Uh, And those are the ways that we relate. It messes up relationships. Our life's messed up. And since our real joy in life flows out of relationships, life is a bummer. So this is not what we learned from from Christ, to live selfish and impure lives. But what we have learned uh, is... To to love and choose integrity, so that's not what we learned from Christ. Assuming that you heard about him and were taught in him, as the truth is in Jesus, to put off your old self. This is that the old is passing away, and which belongs to your former manner of life and is corrupt through deceitful desires. The old self shows up in ways that drain the reservoir of trust. We get selfish and deceitful in what we say and do. This is all, all of our native tendencies. We want to say things to help us feel better. We want to do things to, get our, to make sure that we get what we want. We come up with strategies. And, and we, we fight this. We get selfish and deceitful in what we say and do. And that drains that reservoir of trust. And when you become God's child, you still have these native tendencies. But what happens is the Holy Spirit blows the whistle. Hey! shouldn't have said that that was harsh that was critical you shouldn't have done that. what are you you're, that's an old strategy you've got to trust me now you got to rest in me you got to do it my way and trust me to come through for you so the holy spirit blows the whistle so this is one way that god really helps he blows it the whistle on the inside to show us the things that need to change that are a result of our our old nature so we put off the old self, and we're to be renewed in the spirit of our minds, and put on the new self, created after the likeness of God in true righteousness and holiness. So we're we're to be changed, and the, these are also character qualities. Righteousness is we're to do what's right before God. Holiness has to do with this moral purity and just being used for His purpose. So we're we're to be made over from the inside out by God, and so. We're going to look at some verses that follow these and show more specifically what it means to put on the new self, what that is that we're to put on, especially at integrity and love. These are the two essential factors that keep relationships together like glue. God is shaping the character of his family in integrity and in love. Ephesians 4.25 says, Therefore, Having put away falsehood, let each of you, each one of you, speak the truth with his neighbor, for we are members one of another. Integrity is a vital trust factor because people know they can trust you when you say something, when you say you're going to do what you do, and you're not playing games with them. You're not hiding behind any masks. And integrity is a commitment to one's word and to what is true. And Terry doesn't mean only that I'm going to do what I say I'm going to do. That's one aspect. But it also means that I'm committed to what's true. So I'm not going to put on a mask or I'm not going to design a facade that doesn't let people know who I really am. We do that out of fear sometimes. Uh, we, we develop a facade uh, out of fear of rejection or fear of harm or as a strategy to get what we want, either to impress and gain admiration or to gain position of some kind. We put on this facade that we're further along than we, we should be or, or than we actually are. And it really causes damage when you're in a body trying to relate to each other. really creates some damage. Two ways that facades show up in churches. We try to appear that we're someone we're not or we try to to appear that we're somewhere we're not. Someone we're not or somewhere we're not. In other words, we try to make people think we're someone we're not in that we don't let people get close to us to see our struggles, what we're really dealing with, because I don't know what they're going to really think about me if I do that. If I let them get close enough to know me, uh, I, I'm not quite sure how that's going to work or how they're going to respond. Maybe they'll reject me. And then we try to appear somewhere we're not, that we're further along spiritually than we are. Um, maybe we're actually confused and disillusioned, and we're, we have all these questions, but we, we don't want to ask the questions because we're not quite sure how that's going to go. And we may appear weak and confused when. We're asked to do something that's before us, but actually we could do it. We could pull it off. We just, it just works better if, if people don't think I can do it, <laughs> you know whatever it is. So we, we put on this facade for different reasons sometimes. And the reason for living with integrity that you find in, in Ephesians 4:25 is that uh, we are members one of another. And what happens in groups of people or teams of people? Or work environments is that uh, a wake develops from the relationships that we have with other people sort of like water skiing I don't know if you've ever been water skiing I've been a few times and uh, the boat leaves a wake behind it well people leave a wake as well now Sometimes, if you're water skiing, you can get in the sweet spot of the wake, and it's smooth, and you can do, you know, cool things, if you know what you're doing. If you're me, no. Not too cool. Uh, I can actually stay up, but I, I can't do a lot of tricks. But, boy, you know, if you get in the smooth part of the wake, it's kind of fun. You, go, you can go flying off the wake over here, flying off the wake... Sometimes, though, there's this crossway, some big boat comes flying by, they're not very considerate, uh, you know, the boat comes flying by and you get caught in the crossway and you're, you're flipping over and falling down and crashing and maybe you're going 50, I don't know, it, it could really hurt. Well, relationships in groups, in families, in work environments, this is how they are, people create wakes behind them. And sometimes the wake is a smooth place where you can go faster. And sometimes the wake is sort of a rough spot where it really slows things down and it's difficult. Integrity is a key factor in the wake that you and I leave behind us as we work in groups and families, in work environments. As we do that, that's a key factor. So God is going to be building this into us more and more so that we can have good relationships. Another thing he's going to be developing and another factor in um, this trust reservoir we have is love. Ephesians 5, 1 and 2 says, Therefore be imitators of God as beloved children and walk in love as Christ loved us. It's very specific here. Walk in love just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us. A fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. Practically then, love, by the Bible's definition, is self-sacrificing that serves the interests of others. This is what it means to love. If you are loved like this, you really trust the person that's loving you this way. If you love others, they trust you. But it does require the deepest level of love. The greatest kind of love is the self-sacrificing. I'm going to give up something of myself. I'm going to give up my time, my energy. I'm going to pour it out for you. And that's what connects you to other folks. The idea of sacrificing your own interests is a little scary, isn't it? I mean, it's a little scary. It's maybe a lot scary. Create creates some anxiety. How is this going to work? But... The paradox is that giving sacrificial love enables people who actually do that. They surrender and maybe even a part of them is willing to die for this service. Uh, They blossom as people and their relationships thrive as they keep choosing to sacrifice for the needs of and in the interests of the others around them. You, know, you take care of your own interests that you have, that you have to take care of. But as you're doing that, you take your focus off your own stuff and you really start pouring out into the lives of the, the, the folks around you. It's like a seed. You take a, a seed, a fruit seed, and it has to be planted in the ground. You have to bury it for it to grow. It won't grow unless it's buried. We're the same way. Our relationships won't grow unless we bury ourselves in the ground in and, and, and this self-sacrificing way, but when we do, we really blossom, and so do the relationships around us. Love is just like that. When you decide not to hold on to your own interests, uh, blessing can, can blossom from that. So this means turning from selfishness to sacrifice. Sacrifice. And the hope is not in the deeds that we do in love, but in the God who causes the growth to occur as we keep choosing this kind of love. He's the one that causes us to grow and blossom. At Church of the Valley, we, we take integrity and love very seriously. And we actually want to live by these two qualities. And we, we want to do that so much that we want to operate as a church based on uh, treating each other with integrity and love in very practical ways, so we 've woven these two qualities, these essential qualities, into some key commitments that are very dear to to us here at church in the valley and they 're called the heart attitudes, and um, the first two heart attitudes that really we commit to when you decide to become a part of the congregation officially as a member, you commit to what we call heart attitudes. And they're they're statements, they're actually action statements that we decide that we're going to work toward treating each other this way. We don't do it perfectly, but we we work toward treating each other uh, this way. And uh, we call them heart attitudes because they start inside of us. In the Bible, the heart is... The place inside where we make, make decisions about what we're going to do and say. And so, uh, they're hard attitudes because this is where these attitudes take root. They take root in us. And uh, just like that seed that's planted in the ground grows, the, these things, we, we ask God to help them take root in our hearts so that our relationships would be better so that we can work together to do what He wants us to do as a congregation. Now, these hard attitudes have made a tremendous impact on my life i'm i'm positive that they're the reason that cindy still likes me um most of the time she she likes me and i'm i'm sure they are the reason because i've asked god to help me live by these and um as we walk through them over the next several weeks i think you'll find that they're incredibly helpful for marriage they've helped me as a father they've helped me in my work life uh, it's just basically improved the overall quality of my relationship. They are actually the very things that help you leave a good wake as you relate to other people. They, they are the things that help you leave that positive wake as we live them out. So Church of the Valley hard Attitudes. Hard attitude num- number one is this. I, I want to put the goals and interests of others above my own. Sounds a lot like love, doesn't it? I'm going to put the goals and interests of others above my own. So when I have a clash in goals and interests, I have to decide, is this this critical? Is this something I can let go and then serve the interests of others? Uh, First heart attitude describes a way to live out love. It's an action statement. Choosing to love means I step outside of myself to meet very practical needs that I see in other people. I want want you to listen to... Actually, I have a quote on the board from Tom Gerstheimer. He and his uh, wife, Shannon, just had triplets. And uh, this is what he said about first-heart attitude. When Shannon and I first brought the triplets home, we were overwhelmed with the sheer cost of taking care of them. Diapers and formula alone were $800 a month, and there was no way we could afford it. Many of our friends at Church of the Valley pitched in and donated money that provided extremely generously They literally put our needs first. And because of that, we were able to take care of our new family. That kind of thing goes on all all through church life here. This is what God wants. God God wants us to really love. So you got somebody that just had triplets. They have a definite need. (laughs) I've been praying for them from the time I heard that Shannon was expecting triplets. (laughs) And you got a group of people who are willing to step outside of their own interests, their own stuff, and do what they can to help alleviate some, some of the load on them. That's hard attitude number one. We really love others by taking the time and going to the expense of serving their interests in a conversation, not just thinking about what I want out of this, but how can I encourage? How can I say what will really be helpful to them? Not just throw out stuff that will make me feel better. Taking action to meet real needs as you're living life in the family, as you're going to work, as you're here in church life, as, as you relate to your friends. That, that's heart attitude number one. Heart attitude number two is to live an honest and open life before others. This is a commitment to living in a way that who I am on the inside matches who I am on the outside. Lindsay Frieden, our nursery director, said this, God really showed me that if I am honest with the people around me, that he will really bless that with encouragement and wise perspective. Lindsay's testimony shows something important about this hard attitude, about integrity. If we aren't honest about what's really going on with us, then people can't help us because they don't know. They don't know what's going on. They can't read minds. You can't read my mind. I can't read your mind. If people don't know we're struggling, we have questions, we're disillusioned, or whatever it is, or we're just, boy, there's a pattern in my life I need help with, then you can't get the help. Nobody knows. Now, we don't need to let other people know everything. Okay? We, we, discretion is very important. But you need to let people who, whom you know can help, let them know that you're struggling. You need to go to them and let them know. These two essential qualities, love and integrity, they're, they're the springboard for really good relationships in life. They, they actually fill that reservoir up and make life good. And so God is working to grow these things in us. He's going to be working to make us people who love like he did, who put the goals and interests of others above their own. He's going to work to make us into people who live with integrity, who who are open and honest about what's going on in their life in an appropriate way. This is what he's going to do. It's a fantastic thing because those are the qualities that wherever you go, they bless you. And wherever you go, there you are. You end up there, and who you are makes a major difference in the things that you're doing in your life. So I'd like to wrap up the message today and just look at a couple steps that we could take. If you would, these next steps are on the back of the connection card, if you take that out again. And you may want to finish completing any information or other next steps that are on there. You may want to sign up for uh, something that's coming up. Um, but here's some practical steps that we could take as a result of what we've heard this morning. As the band comes up, here they are. My next step today is to, for the first time, I will trust Jesus as my Savior and follow Him as Lord. Maybe you haven't yet decided to give your life to following Christ. And uh, He he's brought you to the point today where you're ready to do that. Let us know. We'd like to support you in that decision. So let us know about that. Second, uh, my next step today is to, Look for ways to serve the best interests of you fill in a person's name. Maybe God brought someone to mind or someone comes to mind as you think through um, people around you in your life, and family here at church, and and work. And there's somebody that God put on your heart to, to really serve this week. Fill in their name. Fill their, their name into that blank. Maybe a family member, a friend, a roommate, a co-worker, uh, ministry team partner here at Church Life. Those are some steps you could take. And then, uh, especially, may- maybe you're getting to the point where you're ready to follow Christ uh, and be baptized. Uh, if, you'd, if you'd like to go to the overview to find out what it's all about, or if you'd like to uh, um, talk to a staff person about what it means uh, on a more personal, personalized level, then let us know there under the sign up for this on the back of that card. Would you pray with me? Father, we honor your holy name for who you are. We thank you for the way that you work in us and in your family here and church life to draw us toward the things that reflect you, the character qualities that are more and more like you. I pray that you give us the help uh, to become more like you every day and that you give us the power to take the steps that you've laid on our heart to take today, Lord. We ask for your help in this in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen.